Welcome back. We hope you are doing well, and we are so happy that you have chosen to join us. We have two wonderful shows to fill you in on, so let's get to it. For our first show, we visit the New York Theater Workshop for the first time to see the new show on Sugarland. This was fabulous. So it's a um, very timely piece that's a reimagining of a classic Greek drama by, I believe it's Sophocles. Um, and basically it's about like an impoverished community of color and they live in like trailers, double wides and whatnot, and they have like this memorial of all the people who served in this great war who have passed, and it's called Sugarland. Okay. And that's like their memorial, it's the gravesite, so they'll put, they'll bury their dead essentially there. The remains of their, their fallen get buried at Sugarland. And it's tended by one of their older members, you know, and that's where their spirits rest and all that. Uh-huh. But again, it's a, it's a, a reimagining of this classic Greek drama, which I wish I could find, but it was really well written, really well performed. Um, all the um, all the the elements of a Greek tragedy of Greek theater were all still very present. You know, the use of the ensemble to act as the Greek chorus, brilliant. Like as I'm watching the show, I was like, "This is the bare bones of our of theater." But yeah, so the use of that was great. So you've got the ensemble playing the Greek chorus. You know, obviously you have your tragic hero. You had a lot of these asides, so the leading girl didn't speak in the world, but she would speak outside the world. Mm-hmm. And she could communicate with, I'll say, the the universe around her, maybe the the spirits. Um, the point, it pointed out some very poignant ideas regarding the military and minorities. Um, and one of the things I really appreciated was the fact that, like, you know, America has... A fully volunteer army mm-hmm. or, or, or military and it's pointing out the idea that you know the majority of our, our military is made up of minorities and impoverished people because they give they make this promise of a better life but what cost in a way okay so it's kind of an exploitation of certain minorities and classes and I was like that is a really good point. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think about wanting to send, when people are like, we should go in there with our troops and da 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 And it's like, is it your children going in to fight? Yeah. Because the last time I checked, we haven't had a draft since the Vietnam War. We haven't needed one. But, you know, you, you I'm not throwing shade at those who choose to serve, but it just makes you wonder. I, I bet, I remember there was a recruiting table at my high school in our high school, which I would say is a middle class, but is there a recruiting table at, like, private schools? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it'd Good be point interesting. Good point to point out. Uh, the set was fabulous, surrounded by railroad tracks, and like I said, those trailers, like, up above, and the beautiful, like, astroturf ground. Um, the dialogue was really, really incredible. It was in their, like, dialect of the people, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very conversational, but with their unique dialect which I loved the character colloquialisms colloquialisms thank you yeah <laughs> I was like dialect doesn't yeah colloquialism no yeah. yeah I'm the words grab the words um the characterizations were really rich and deep which I really loved you know they weren't just at skin level they really they were really 
deep roots in these, you know. Like fully, fully realized. realized. Yeah. Um, the story was really encompassing and engaging. It had the intimacy of that smaller theater. I liked this theater a lot. You would have really loved it. Um, but you find yourself with a strong connection to the characters. And their story leaves you like on the edge of your seat. And that, I mean, that was the thing is like, I was so, there's like three different storylines going on and I found myself just gripped in all of these tragic heroes, all these flawed heroes on stage. Everybody meant well, but also everybody was, you know, your hands weren't clean. Um, so the story, it was just so gripping and the finale will leave you shocked and on edge like i did not see where everything was going mm -hmm. going that way now if i had known i guess the greek play that it's based on i might have been have like known. yeah but you know uh, all the, the the biggest takeaway for me with this was it was brilliant brilliant writing brilliant writing Tickets for this show currently playing at the New York Theatre Workshop are available through March 22nd, 2022. <laughs> Up next, we head back to the public theater for another fabulous work, The Chinese Lady. Okay, so you and I talked about this after I got out of the show, which was cool. Um, my show started later this night than yours. And they just happened a time where they um, ended at the same time. So I came uptown and met you at your theater. We were talking about it. That's and right. the show was really good. It was a gripping and relevant work. This was another really great, like, great written show. There's a lot of really good writing coming out for the spring. That's what, what I'm loving. What, what about the work made it feel so relevant? Okay, so the story basically tells the tale of the first Chinese woman to come to America. Now, I'm sure there were Chinese people before her, but she was brought and kind of put on display and toured around like a... Sideshow. Yeah, or, or like a spectacle. Okay. So there's two cast members. There's the woman playing the Chinese lady, the, the leading lady, and then there's this other guy who plays the translator or like the MC or what have you. He's the servant to the guy who owns. He's also Chinese. So he's okay. like the servant to the white man that, that bartered the deal to bring her over. Okay. So in a sense, she's, he's kind of her best friend. But it tells the tale of how she came over and she's talking about colonization from basically the time America became a country onward until she passes through the... Well, she came over shortly before the Civil War, so through the Civil War and whatnot. Um, and so that's great, learning about all of that. But where... The two things that really made me go, oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, about the show was, I mean, the first thing was the absolute horrendous treatment of Chinese and Asian Americans um, in the late 1800s and, 19, and early 1900s in our country. Not by necessarily just by people in general, but like 
law, like real federal law, the Chinese Exclusion Act. Hmm. The same people that we brought over to build our railroads and mine our gold and things like that, all of a sudden we were like, and now we don't want you at all. And you are not people anymore. Yeah, well, we've been here for years and decades and we helped build this country. Nope, now you're not people. And they would be cast out, you know. And to learn about all of that and how they were basically depicted in society, I was like, I, I knew, I had some idea that they were treated so poorly, you know. Um, and then, so, you know, you've got all that at the turn of the century, but then they also at the end brought in the modern aspect of the hate that's been thrust upon the AAPI community, in especially in the re, the last couple of years, and what made me realize that this is the writing, this show, and this topic, and everything is so relevant is the same issues that they were dealing with then. We're still dealing with exactly that. Okay. Not and not just. I'm not thinking just like. 150, 200 years ago, or 150 years ago, the Chinese Exclusion Act. I'm talking about the way we view Asian Americans now is almost the same as 200 years ago, that we look at them like a spectacle. Mm-hmm. That we find everything that they do is... is, is Fascinating and... Right. Different. And yeah, and, and, and we want to be entertained by it, but we don't want to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great that you do it, but when you're here, you need to do what we're doing. And, and we look down upon it, and we treat them differently, and we don't actually treat them like they are equal to us, but that they are lesser than us. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that for so long. So um, it was a real eye-opening and educational show, because I didn't learn about, like I said, the Chinese Exclusion Act and stuff like that. So like I said, writing was beautiful. It was relevant. The characters were wonderful and so human. All the costumes... Oh, the costumes that the actress wore were beautiful, and the different wigs and everything were gorgeous. The set, the set was simple yet effective. It was eerie in a way because it felt like a cage. Ooh, okay. And it was wonderful to see her when she steps out of the cage in modern clothes, the shattering the glass kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, the sound design was really uh, delightful, and it really helped set the mood. There was always some sound going on, which was great. Um, and like I said, the information given and the lessons taught were really, really important. Um, it really focused or forced us to examine our values and how we treat the AAPI community, uh, which I really appreciated because like I said... It's not I, stuff that you're taught in school. No. I, I left and I went... I'm ashamed of my country's history even more, but I left more informed, which okay. I felt was important. So it's another great diverse work too. So... Tickets for this show currently playing at the Public Theater are available through April 10th, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune in to our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
You could also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by BJ Block and Don Pemberton and Billy Murray. <laughs>